Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Trevor here, head writer and producer of The Sheridan Tapes. Just popping in to say that we're taking a short break from our regular weekly release schedule following this episode as we head into the final act of season two. The Sheridan Tapes will return with episode 43 on June 3rd on Patreon and June 4th on all podcasting platforms. Thank you for listening, and as always, this episode of The Sheridan Tapes was made possible by our supporters on Patreon. Lisa Sims, Cheryl TZ, Avi Murtaugh, and Anthony S. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA livestreams. Before we get started, this episode contains paranoia, isolation, descriptions of a murder, and mentions of blood. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. Dr. Caldwell. Yes, I know you're with the board, but... No, this couldn't wait. No, I can't just send an email either. You're sure they can't hear you? Good. Listen. We have a situation in Oslo. No, not good. Lieutenant Tyler found Site Zero. Yes. I don't know how he managed it. I believe he followed someone. I'm not sure who. Hmm. That's a definite possibility, but if they're one of Edgar's associates, we may have less time than we thought.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Sam Bailey, Monday, November 4th, 2019, at 7.31 a.m. Uh, overcast this morning, cold too. I don't have my phone or, well, any way to check the forecast, but it definitely feels like the snow is finally coming. doesn't sound like the wind. It almost sounds like it's coming from the basement. But there is no way I'm going back down there to... They... They stopped. I wonder if... Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. Whatever they are, I guess they want their privacy, which... uh, Hey, I get that. One wants someone else snooping around in my head, trying to feel my emotions. Or maybe are they just reacting to me? What I'm doing up here? going to be a quiet morning after all. Good. I had some reading I wanted to finish up. And this log, but no use wasting tape if I can't actually talk. I wonder how long the 
to stick around. It's about midday, sometime around noon. I've been sitting next to the fire all day, reading, staring out the window, that kind of thing. If I move around too quickly or talk too loudly, then they start up again. It sounds like there's two of whatever's in the basement. And I haven't tried to feel for them again. That just seems to piss them off more than anything. I don't know quite what to make of it. Sure, I've noticed an odd energy around the cabin over the last six months, and a few of my things seem to move by themselves now and then, but... Uh, I don't know. It hasn't been enough to notice, not with everything else going on around here. Uh, not until this morning, that is. I've been trying to remember everything that Bill told me about this place, which isn't much, to be honest. He really didn't want to answer any of my questions about the cabin when I got here, and I didn't press the issue. I seem to remember there was a case involving a cabin in the woods when I first joined Oslo PD, but I was still getting settled in, and I wasn't... Well, I was being a bit of a prick, to be honest. I was still grieving Alan, but I wasn't handling it well. Taking it out on other people. Especially Bill. I guess I'm paying for it now, though. I would at least have a little bit of trickle-down information about this place if I'd actually been willing to engage. People can't really keep secrets in a department that small. At least, not from other officers. But I actively avoided any situation where I might have heard something useful about this place. I, I do remember there was a double homicide, a cold case from years back that had just been solved. Uh, the scene was somewhere up in the mountains, a few hours outside of Oslo. They tried to keep things pretty hush-hush, I think. The, the cabin was well outside her jurisdiction, maybe even across state lines. It wouldn't be too much of a stretch to guess that's where I am now, if it's been abandoned and scrubbed clean. That would explain Bill's hesitation to tell me anything. Especially if the bodies were only found last year. I wonder how much of the old cabin smell in here is just the decay they couldn't scrub out of the woodwork. Maybe that's why I'm hearing those things down in the basement now, though. If I'm right about this place, it's almost exactly a year since those bodies were discovered. The veil is probably even thinner than usual right now, between that anniversary and my being here, messing around with the supernatural. And that's probably why they're angry with me. I didn't bother to get them anything. I guess all I can do is stay quiet and just hope they go away. Or I could try pushing them, but that doesn't feel right. If, if they were killed in this cabin, then 
they have more right to be here than I do, honestly. It's odd. There's something about this that feels... I don't know. I've been here for six months now. I've spent that time resting, hiking, hiding away from the rest of the world. Just taking care of whatever I've needed in the moment. I haven't thought about the future or the news or... Well, anything else in months. When I first got here, I was terrified, worried about how I was going to keep busy, keep myself from going in circles. And now, I don't even think about it. It's kind of nice to know what I can accomplish when everything else is taken away. I finally figured out how to meditate, sort of. Physically, I feel better than I ever have. I could have done with some better food, sure, but it's not like I would have known what to do with it when I got here. I've never been able to recognize birds before, but now I do. Not, not species, I, I can't look anything up, and there isn't a book on ornithology in the cabin. Individual birds. I recognize them when they come around the cabin, or I see them out on one of my hikes. I've seen the weather shift and the forest along with it. And it does change, each and every day, just, just a little bit. I, I didn't think it was possible to know a place this way, to, to feel the rhythm of it like a, a heartbeat beneath my feet. Even this high up, in the thin, dry air, there is so much life. But even so, it feels like I've done what I came here to do. There's a certainty, a finality to what happened the other day with Alan and the ladders in that other place. And now, now it just feels like I'm trapped here. I still need to find out what happened to Anna. I, I know that much. And I'm positive I can't do that from here. So, somehow, I need to leave. clouds outside are dark and heavy, and it feels like it might start snowing any minute now. I don't have a vehicle, and I have no idea how to get off this mountain, even if I did. I know that civilization is miles away at least, and I wouldn't last long hiking in this cold. And even if I did somehow make it to a town or city nearby, that's no assurance that I'm safe. I have a terrible feeling Morrison would know I was there before I had a chance to escape. Which leaves me with the basement. Again. And trust me, I am in 
no rush to try my luck down there. If I try to calm down those spirits. Well, there's no guarantee it'll go well for me either. I might be getting more comfortable with this stuff, but that doesn't make me... Well, Anna Sheridan. <laughs> She'd probably know exactly what to do. Too bad I didn't listen to all of her tapes. She probably has one for things that go bump in the night. <laughs> just moved the heaviest bookshelf in the cabinet through the basement door. So far, it seems to be holding. I guess I just have to hope that's enough. Uh, that sounded like the rocking chair. But no one's... I guess that's something else I need to keep my eye on. Great. so it's only a matter of time before I'm actually trapped in here. With the unquiet spirits and the haunted rocking chair. You know, this cabin is starting to feel a bit crowded. Wait, is that... Uh, uh, never mind, I, I thought I saw something out there in the trees, but... No, I only saw it for a second. Probably just a... Deer or no? How? Oh. It's the trees. They're they're all weeping, uh, weeping blood through their bark, and it's I can feel the pain and fear radiating from them. Not from the trees, but from something inside them. Something. Beyond them. I need to stay calm. 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 All is well. Might be able to shelter in if I just... 
Sorry, Maria. It's just... It's, uh... It's fine. I'm just... Sam, what the hell is going on in there? And why are the trees bleeding out here? Uh, there are, uh, two very unhappy spirits trapped in the basement. Probably not for much longer by the sound of it. Never mind that. Uh, how did you find me? What are you doing here? Wait. You don't know what this place is? Uh... No, not really. How can you not know? You were working for Oslo PD when it happened. I, I was a little bit... No, no, that doesn't matter. What is this place? Why are you here? <gasps> what are you doing? Duck. Oh. <sighs> okay. You can get up now. Wait. They just wanted to leave? All I had to do was... What? Open the door for them? I guess so. You okay? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. You? Same. <laughs> Good thing I got here in time to save your ass. How did you find this place? I, I thought Bill didn't tell anyone. He only told me about it yesterday. Probably because he knew I'd give him an earful about putting you up here. Why? What is this place? You seriously don't know? <sighs> Those two spirits. I'm guessing they used to be the two backpackers who went missing up here in 1991. They found this cabin in the middle of the woods, and then... John Martin Westmoreland found them. Westmoreland? Not... Not the... The serial killer, yeah. He forced them into the basement, then locked the door behind them. Let them starve to death down there. But I thought Azimel was hiding victims in hollowed-out trees, not... Oh. Well, at least that explains the blood. Yeah. But those two came too close to his hideaway. He couldn't risk someone finding their bodies, and since it took nearly 27 years for the police to track them down, I guess... What the hell am I saying? Sam, we need to go now. We'll talk on the way. Uh, on the way? On the way where? What's going on? Sam... DeWitt is back. And he's working with Morrison. What? Bill followed his new partner out into the desert the other night. He was acting strange, and Bill was worried he might be in trouble, but it turns out DeWitt has a new face. And he and Morrison are planning something. Something big. What kind of something? 
Bill wasn't sure. All he knows is they've been capturing creatures in Oslo and using them to power some kind of machine. He overheard them talking about closing a door and getting rid of monsters, but I don't know how they... shit. What is it? Uh, I'm not sure, but I've been working on a theory. Testing my connection to the lake and what I can do with it. From what I can tell, everything we've been dealing with comes from a place outside the material universe. One that occasionally pushes through to create objects and creatures and places that are normally impossible, but if that connection is severed, they cease to exist. That's what happened to the Echo when I went back into the lake. So if Morrison and DeWitt are trying to close it off completely... Then I'm dead. Without the lake, I wouldn't exist. I'll just vanish into nothing. Not to mention what might happen if something goes wrong with their experiment. I could destroy the veil completely to set uncountable horrors free on this world. Shit. Yeah. Go get your stuff. We need to get moving. I'm ready. Taking souvenirs from the haunted cabin? Uh, It's just a story. Yeah, I am. What's with the gasoline? You've got everything you need out of there? Yeah, I kind of... uh, I I freaked out a little when I saw the van coming and packed all my stuff. I I wasn't sure if it was... Uh, That would explain why you're wearing 17 different jackets right now. Planning to make a run for it? Uh, I figured it was worth a shot. So, uh, gasoline? We need to torch the cabin before we go. We need to what? Sam, your DNA is all over this place. The snow should be enough to keep the fire from spreading. Especially since all the nearby trees are soaked with blood. Uh, I I guess you're right. It's still a shame. Sam, this was a serial killer's murder cabin for three decades. I know you probably have some fond memories here, but it's time to say goodbye. Not sure fond is the right word for... No, you're you're right. It's time. You have enough to get it started? Probably. I've got some more in the van if we need it. I'll fill you in on what's been happening on the way down the mountain. Then we need to find somewhere to hide until we're ready to move. What about your van? Uh, or, or not. Unless you feel like sleeping on the roof? No, probably not. Right, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll think about a new hiding spot on the way. You do that. And while you're at it, could you try thinking of a way to deal with DeWitt and... I could sure. Why would we... Sam? DeWitt's lived for more than a thousand years. We can't kill him, and there's nothing we could offer him that would make him change his mind. If there's a way of stopping him for good, 
It's in that lake. How do you know that will work? <laughs> I don't. But there aren't a whole lot of other options. The Sheridan Tapes, episode 42, Ashes Gone Cold. Starring Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, Amitola Lomas as Maria Soul, and Sam Taylor as Dr. Ren Park, with original music by Jesse Hogan. Written by Virginia Spots and produced by Trevor Van Winkle and Virginia Spots, and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner and at ko-fi.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at The Sheridan Tapes. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 